Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. Amen. I pray one of the greatest gifts this Christmas season is that you would know you're not alone. God is with you, but I pray in in this season you would know um, there's a church family surrounding you. There's people that want to walk with you in community. Uh, What a gift. What a gift we have. Uh, We've been talking a lot about gifts this Christmas. Um, Gifts we receive because of Jesus. Faye and Joe reminded us of that so beautifully just a few minutes ago. But I wonder uh, if you've been thinking some about the gifts you'll be receiving or the gifts you'll be giving. Uh, There's got to be a few parents or grandparents or people in the room that have been thinking a little bit about the gifts you'll be giving this Christmas season. Uh, I wonder today, uh, is there anybody in the room who remembers the 1980s, and you're just not ashamed to it. I I know some of you are ashamed, and I understand uh, having been born in the 80s, but but there's a few of us in the room that remembered the 80s. For the rest of you, Google exists to help you with that, but I was thinking a little bit of the 1980s and just thinking about gifts, and so I, I did a little research this week. Here were the top 10 most popular gifts of the 1980s. See if you recognize some. Some of this, you're going to go home saying, what was that? All right, so number 10, number 10 was this super trendy thing called leg warmers, leg warmers. In my house, leg warmer, that's like a blanket that you put on your legs. But no, these were, these were um, fabric. They covered your leg, but only a portion of your leg. So I I don't understand that, but again, you can Google it later. Uh, Number nine, cassette tapes. Yeah. A few of you are mumbling about those. You're explaining the person. You're elbowing them. The cassette was this thing you put in. Okay. Uh, fanny packs, right? Those are back, by the way. You can go to your local uh, department store and pick up your own fanny pack again in case you were worried that those were long gone. Uh, that was number eight. Number seven, Vans shoes. Still popular today somehow. Number six, number six, members-only jackets. Now, I'm not old enough or cool enough to have had one, but I laughed at the promotional slogan. It said, when you put one on, something happens. I have no idea what that means, but that was the slogan for Members Only Jackets. All right, Uh, number five, high-waisted, acid-washed jeans. These are totally back, and I cannot believe it. Uh, The high-waisted jeans are back. Number four, they're called Swatch watches, these bright colored watches. I see the nods, but you wore like 15 of them for some reason. I, I guess you really wanted to be on time. You had a lot of watches. Number three was a boom box. Uh, long ago, you would carry it on your shoulder. I don't understand, but it was there. Okay. Number two, Cabbage Patch Kids. Classic, right? Cabbage Patch Kids. Some of you got one in your attic somewhere, I bet. Finally, number one gift from the 1980s is the Nintendo Entertainment System. I can still picture the cartridges I had. You had to blow on them to get them to work. You had to, anyway, Duck Hunt, uh, Mario. My grandma, my grandma had a Nintendo so she could play golf. She played golf on Nintendo. I remember going to my grandma's house, playing her in golf. She always beat me on the Nintendo. Most common things during the 1980s, oh, the gifts of Christmas past. Am I right? 
Uh, well, Advent, the, the, this season that we're in is really all about the gifts, but it's not the gifts of Santa or the gifts of Amazon or the gifts of the 1980s, as cool as some of them were. This is all about the gifts of Jesus available to us, available to you and to me. They're better than anything the 1980s had to offer. Uh, we began just a couple weeks ago talking about, uh, in this Advent season, the gift of presence. And we really just practiced that a second ago. As we prayed and anointed some of you, we were just reminding you the presence of God is with you. What a gift this Advent season to know. It's not just, it's not just that we read God was with us. No, it's, it's, we can know today God is with us. And for many of us, that changes everything this Christmas, to know God is with you. God is with you. What a gift. Last week, we talked about uh, maybe one of the forgotten gifts of Christmas. It's easily missed. Uh, Christmas is a beautiful picture of mercy. Mercy. And we didn't deserve a Savior, did we? We didn't deserve Jesus born for us. But Christmas reminds us of the incredible gift that we have received, the gift of mercy. So we're going to dive in uh, to uh, a new gift for this week. We've heard a little bit about it already. But as we dive into Luke's gospel, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. As we do that again and we speak of the gifts, maybe it will help us to hear a little bit of Luke 2 from an old familiar face. Take a look. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. And saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Preach it, Linus. Preach it with your blanket up there. I'm going to bring my blanket and preach sometime. All right, Luke 2. You know that the scripture, if you're familiar with it, but I'd love for you to open today because I don't want to just remember Christmas. I don't want Christmas to just be in the scripture and verses that we read to just be tradition. I want to pray and ask the Lord for his word to come alive in our hearts today. So as we do today, let's read Luke chapter 2. We just heard some of these words echoed through the preacher Linus up there on the screen. In those days, Caesar Augustus, it says in verse 1, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. 
While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed them in a manger because there was no guest room available to them. This is the greatest gift, right? The greatest gift that has ever been given in human history. Right here we read about in Luke 2. And then we get to really the focus of our passage today is the response of this gift. Verse 8, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified, but the angel said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah. He is the Lord. This will be a sign. You'll find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is the word of the Lord uh, for us today. Thanks be to God. Each and every week we've been talking about the gifts, and I have brought a gift each and every week. Uh, last week it was a Subway napkin, so if you missed out, you've got to go back and listen to find out what in the world that had to do with the gift. But today uh, I bring another gift to kind of remind us as we continue on this journey each week uh, receiving the gifts available to us through Jesus. And today this is much more important to me than a, the Subway napkin because this is a picture uh, a really good-looking picture of my kids, of my crew. I have them on the screen behind me. As I think about uh, the gift, you can put their picture up there. This is a few years ago, uh, but, but when I think about the gift that we're talking about today, I think of this right here uh, because it, it really represents the gift that we're going to talk about today. In fact, here's what I really believe. The gift that we're going to talk about today, if we really believed that this was available to us, not just us, but the world in which we live. If we collectively, as people really believed that this gift was free and available to us, we would do whatever we could to get it. Because I actually believe that there's a lot of people during this season that are busy searching for this gift. They're busy buying, they're busy going through the motions, the traditions, more stuff, more things, trying desperately to find this gift. And if they knew... And if they realized, and if we realized that this gift was already available to us, freely given, you would do whatever you could to get that gift. And I believe it would change your life. We've already heard today the gift that we're talking about today is the gift of joy. The gift of joy. I believe, I believe deep inside, every single one of us would say, I want that gift. Maybe you're experiencing it. Maybe you're here today because... You're so grateful for the joy that God brings. Or maybe, maybe you would lean in and be a little bit honest and say, man, if that gift is really available, sign me up. In fact, I think we could all think about people around us in our world that this is really what they want. What they really want is not another TV or another vacation or another job or another. What they're desperately searching for is joy, real joy. And if they knew today that this was available to them, real joy was available to them, I think it would change their life. The story we know, we're familiar, but consider with me, 2,000 years ago, shepherds were a pretty lowly class of people, right? 
their job took them away from the temple, so they were considered unclean. They couldn't be clean because they couldn't go to the temple and be ceremonially clean for worship. So they were really only valuable because of the service they offered. They kept the sheep alive so the sheep could be offered as a sacrifice in the temple. But they were kind of the lowest of the low class. But yet here, in the middle of their nighttime watch, something remarkable happens. An angel of the Lord uh, appears. Can you imagine what the glory of God, that's what it says, the glory of God filled the air. Can you imagine what that looks like? In the Old Testament, right, Moses got to see the glory of God, and the Scripture says that his face glowed. The glory of God was so brightly reflected on his face that his face literally glowed, like glow in the dark, right? That's how powerful the glory of God is. But what's most remarkable of the story, the glory of God had been absent from the earth for 400 years. Scholars call it the intertestamental period. That's a really fancy way of saying from the end of the Old Testament that we read about in our scriptures until this time that we read about in Luke, the presence of God was was absent. There's no new revelations. There's nothing new that God is saying or doing for, for over 400 years. We have no evidence of anything new that God is revealing or saying or doing. And now the glory of God shows up. And now, bam, his glory appears in the sky to a group of lowly shepherds. So what does the angel declare after years of silence, generations of silence? What is it that the angel says? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. For all the people. I love that challenge, but it also challenges me. And so we're going to look at just two words. Two words the angel said. There's a lot there. Great joy. Look at that again with me today. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Of all the things the angel could say, listen, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, was born, and the angels are declaring that. And of all the things the angels could say about that, they say joy. Not just joy, but great joy. Joy. The Savior is good news of great joy. I can think about a few specific moments of my life that I would describe as great joy. How about you? What would your inventory, what would your list look like? Uh, The moment, the day I got to marry Lauren, man, that was a moment of great joy. I'm going to tell you. I was standing there. She's walking down the aisle to me. I'm looking around like, this is too good to be true. That was great joy. I, I, I showed you a picture of my people, right? I remember the first time getting to meet each and every one of these precious kiddos, right? Great joy. Great joy. I think of the older I get, uh, moments just getting to gather with my, my family, my, my parents as they age, my grandma that's still alive, my siblings, little snapshots that I have that not every, not every gathering is full of joy, right? But there's snapshots, there's moments that I would describe, oh, thank you, Lord, for the joy, Getting to pastor this church. There have been incredible moments of great joy. Getting to experience journeying and ministering alongside you. Great joy. That's the gift that the Savior brings. But the problem is, and I've kind of alluded to this already, it doesn't always feel that way, does it? I don't know if I took a survey today and, how you feeling today? Maybe some of you would say, I've got great joy. And some of you would have said, "Mm." That's not really how I would describe me. That's for the people that are morning people or extroverted or really like espresso, but not me. I'm not really a joyful kind of person. So what do you do 
What do you do when the promise of the Messiah is a promise of great joy? And this is a season where we sing and we talk a lot about joy, but your present reality doesn't feel very joyful. It's probably not a word you would use to describe your feelings, emotions, or circumstances today. So what do you do when that's your story? And I, I want to spend the remainder of our time together talking to you, journeying with you, if that's you today. The truth is joy is not just a Christmas idea. It's an idea we see. We see it. It's a gift that we talk about often this time of year, but it, it's not just about Christmas. In fact, your script, God's word, the scriptures are filled, are filled with mentions, with teachings, with instructions from God on what joy is all about. I was thinking of the Apostle Paul, whose life was radically transformed by the gift of Jesus, right? Later, he's writing to a church in Philippi, and he writes these instructions. It's not really instruction, it's a command. Rejoice in the Lord always. Think about what he's saying. He's saying rejoice in the Lord. Like our joy is not rooted in us and our abilities and our circumstance and our bank account and how we're doing at work and how our kids are behaving. And Our joy is rooted in the Lord. He is our source of joy. But then he doubles down and says, we're to rejoice always. This joy cannot be and should not be for believers some fleeting thing that we can grab onto some days or some days we're feeling it and other days we're not. It it should be kind of this undercurrent of our reality at all times because it's in the Lord. We have joy in the Lord. We rejoice in the Lord always. Paul again in the New Testament writes uh, to another church, Galatians 5, he talks about joy but he talks about it as a fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? It means that God's Spirit produces in us joy. That's actually good news to me because I can't produce my own joy. I can't manufacture joy. I can't just sit there and kind of conjure up the emotions and say, now I'm joyful. I, got, I listened to a good song on the radio. Now I've got it. And now, that's not joy. Joy is sourced in us by his spirit. And as his spirit comes and lives within us and takes up residence within us, it begins to produce fruit in us. And one of the fruits produced by the spirit is the fruit of joy. I don't make myself more joyful. His spirit produces that in me. So what do you do if you feel like you're lacking joy? Well, I think a first place to start is how we talk about often. We've been talking about gifts and this visual of gifts is this idea of receiving. Receiving. I wish I could say I'm really good at receiving gifts, but I'm not. I get a little sweaty. I feel awkward. I say thank you, but then I don't know what else to do. Then I'm, I'm in my head. I'm thinking I, I should probably get them something. That was really kind. What did I do to deserve that, right? I'm not always good at just receiving gifts. And so this series is challenging me to learn, again, like a child, what it means to receive a gift. So if today you feel like you're lacking joy, I would invite you to receive, specifically what? Receive the gift of his spirit. We talk about the presence of God. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. The beauty of the presence of God is the presence of God is still with us because the Spirit of God is with us. And today, if, if you invite him, he will, he will give you his Spirit to take up residence within you. 
His spirit can live within you. And, and I've read the story. I've read the good news. And it tells me the only way to have lasting joy in our lives is not through anything that we can do, but by him producing it in us. And so today, if you find yourself lacking in joy, I would, I would take you back to that place of a gift and say, have you received the gift of his presence living in you? Did you know, I, I love this. I love what we're doing here. We're going to do this more in the coming weeks. But did you know you don't have to just gather like this to feel the presence of the Lord? When, you know, Tuesday and you're driving down the road and you're like, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? You don't have to wait till Sunday to say, well, I'm going to pray about that. Maybe on Sunday I'll go and the Lord will speak to me that if the presence of the Lord is living in you, then you can, riding down the road on Tuesday, you can say, Lord, you're with me right now, and right now I need your wisdom, and right now I need your presence, and right now I feel alone, but I know that you're with me. You, you, you can have his presence with you at all times, at all times. And maybe, maybe you need to be reminded to receive his spirit, acknowledging that he's the source of true joy. And then as you receive that, maybe, maybe today you, you need to stop and reflect, am I allowing his spirit to move in my heart? Am I allowing his spirit to lead and guide me? Am I lacking joy today because I, I am calling the shots and I'm trying to be Lord and I'm trying to lead and guide my life instead of allowing him to lead and guide my life? If we allow his presence to fill us and we allow his presence to lead us, God's word promises that joy can be our reality no matter your circumstances today. I want you to know today, the bottom line, that the focus really of our message today is this, that joy is a promise of God, and God keeps his promises. Do you know one of the greatest, one of the best things about Christmas? Christmas is a reminder that God keeps his promises. Amen? Some of us need to, we need to be excited about that, because it's true. Because sometimes we wonder, don't we? And sometimes we pray, and we're sometimes God... Are you going to keep your promise? We don't have to doubt because we can look at the story of Christmas and be reminded God keeps his promises. And so today, if you feel like you're lacking joy and you feel like joy is not your present tense reality in your life, you can come to, to the Lord. You can come to his word and say, Lord, your word promises joy promises, if I'm, if I'm living in according to your word and I'm allowing your spirit to come and lead and guide my life, you promise joy. You promise joy. And I'm going to claim today that you keep your promises. Joy is one of the greatest gifts of Christmas. One of the greatest gifts of Christmas. In fact, you could say joy for the believer begins at Christmas. Why? <laughs> Because Christmas is the birthplace of joy. It's a reminder that God keeps his promises. And then we see and we hear at Christmas the good news, the best news. Christmas is the best news that we have a Savior, that God keeps his promises. Do you know how many generations and generations and generations waited and hoped for the fulfillment of that promise? But we get to see God kept his promise. And so today, we can be reminded that Christmas... Christmas is forever our reminder that God keeps his promises. Remember what the angel said, good news, great joy for all people. Today, if you are not feeling the joy, I want to invite you 
to take God at his word and say, God, you promise, you promise that the presence of Jesus, the presence of God in my life is a promise of great joy. Not fleeting happiness, not good news one moment, and then, but, but, but Lord, you promise that the presence of God living within me is great joy. No matter my circumstance, no matter my season, no matter what's going on in my life. And today, the good news is you're surrounded by people. There are people in this room who are living that joy right now. And you may look at them and say, well, yeah, that's because look at their family. Their kids are doing better than my kids and their house is a little better than, I bet their house is paid off and my house isn't. I bet, yeah, I bet that. No, 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 their joy is not founded and rooted in those things. Their joy is rooted in the promise of God and that God keeps his promise. And so today, there's people all around you today. Maybe even now they're walking through hard moments. They're walking through a valley. They're experiencing hard things in their life, but they can still testify today, as Nehemiah the prophet said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Today, is that your testimony? Is that your story? I believe it can be today if you would receive the gift. Maybe today you feel like you need some good news. (laughs) You need some good news. Life has not been filled with good news. You need some good news in your life. And so to you, I would say in this story, in the reality of Christmas, we have not just good news, but the best news. Christmas really is the best news of all. Take a look at this video. My mama told me something when I was growing up that has forever changed my life. She played the piano at our little church at 3rd and Pine Street for 37 years. She tried to teach me to play the piano, (laughs) but I wasn't very good. She would teach me the names of the notes, what a major key is, what a minor key is. She tried to teach me musical theory, but I was just bored. Then, one day, she told me that the best news in the world is found by playing a simple scale on the piano. I had no idea what she meant. So she told me to play an eight note scale. So I did. I said, how is that good news? And she said I played it incorrectly and that I needed to play it the other way. So I did. Again, I said, how is that good news? And she said, I played it the right way, but I needed to add the pauses. The pauses? She said, the pauses. Add them on the first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. Now, I was frustrated and said, how can eight notes with random pauses be the best news in the world? Then I got up, walked away, and went outside. Frankly, I didn't care what she was talking about. I didn't like playing the piano anymore. Well, years later, my mama got sick and passed away. As I was thinking about her, I remembered what she told me about the piano. Not only that, I still remember the notes she told me to pause. The first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. 
So I sat down at her piano and played the scale with the pauses. That's when I realized the good news she was talking about. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.